Hey everyone, and welcome to the Wellness Farm Podcast. This is your go-to podcast for all things wellness and mental health. I am your host, Ari, and I am a wellness content creator, licensed pharmacist, and functional nutrition counselor. A lot of clients I meet with complain of a very common phenomenon of being stuck in the flight or fight response, even when nothing stressful or dangerous is going on. So I am going to tell you how to snap out of that constant state of fear and anxiety and stress, and we are going to discuss what the flight or fight response is, explore the effects of the flight or fight response on our bodies and minds, and discover daily practices that can help us break free from this instinctual mode. And most importantly, we're going to discuss what parasympathetic days are. They're my favorite days, and I am going to give you some ideas for these days. So the flight or fight response, also known as the stress response, is an instinctual survival mechanism deeply ingrained in our DNA. It's actually really cool. It's our body's way of preparing us to face perceived threats in our environment. So when we encounter a stressful situation, our sympathetic nervous system is activated and that triggers a series of hormones to be released to prepare us for this stressful or dangerous situation. So examples of hormones that are released during these dangerous situations are, um, you know, hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, which surge through our bloodstream, causing our heart rate to increase, muscles to tense up, and breathing to become rapid. And the reason we get like this is because our bodies are preparing us to either flee from danger or confront it head on. And we need to breathe faster for that. Our hearts need to pump more blood. We need more adrenaline and cortisol to fight. In the modern world, This response can be triggered by, you know, physical threats. Um, Also, everyday stressors like work deadlines, traffic, um, conflicts with other people. So an example of your flight or fight response being totally valid is if you're sleeping one night and your fire alarm goes off, you without even thinking about it will jump out of bed, heart rate increases, your breathing becomes rapid, you're going to grab your emergency bag if you can and get the hell out of there. Obviously the flight or fight response is very useful in this situation. It is an acute situation where you need your body to support an escape or fight. While the flight or fight response can be life-saving in these acute situations, prolonged activation can take a tremendously detrimental toll on our physical and mental well-being. So when you are chronically in this flight or fight state, you will constantly have elevated stress hormones. One of the primary hormones released during the stress response is cortisol, which plays a crucial role in the body's ability to respond to stressors. Cortisol is released by the adrenal glands in response to signals from the brain's hypothalamus and pituitary gland. While cortisol is very essential for short-term survival, prolonged exposure to high levels of cortisol can have pretty negative effects on our immune system. That's kind of why growing up, you may have heard, oh, I was really stressed and my immune system went down. It's because of the high and prolonged cortisol. The immune system is a complex network of cells, tissues, and organs that work together to protect the body from infections and illnesses. But chronic stress dampens the immune response, making us more susceptible to infections, 
um, reducing our, our body's ability to fight off diseases effectively. One of the mechanisms behind this is that prolonged exposure to cortisol suppresses the production of immune cells like lymphocytes, which are essential for your body to produce an, an immune response to fight pathogens. So moving away from the immune system, what is the effect of prolonged stress on the body? When you're chronically stressed, it leads to increased inflammation in the body. And while inflammation is a natural and necessary response to injury or infection, chronic low-level inflammation resulting from prolonged stress can become very harmful. It contributes to the development of chronic inflammatory conditions like autoimmune diseases, um, cardiovascular disorders, also anxiety worsens, acne worsens, you get joint pain, you get muscle pain. I mean, the possibilities of all the negative effects are endless because inflammation is great short-term, but long-term inflammation can really ruin your body. Now, I kind of want to dive deeper into the cardiovascular effects because not many people realize this, but being stressed out and always being in the flight or fight response can dramatically harm your cardiovascular system. So normally during stressful situations, the body releases adrenaline and noradrenaline, which cause the heart rate and blood pressure to increase. And that's great, right? But then in the context of chronic stress, this persistent elevation of heart rate and blood pressure can lead to hypertension or high blood pressure. So over time, hypertension puts additional strain on the heart and blood vessels, contributing to the development of heart diseases. And the constant release of stress hormones can also cause blood vessels to constrict, raising the risk of atherosclerosis, which is the buildup of fatty deposits in the arterial walls. And atherosclerosis can narrow the arteries and impede blood flow, increasing the risk of heart attacks and strokes. Um, so aside from cardiovascular effects, lastly, I, I want to go over one last category, and that is sleep. How does long-term stress affect sleep? So chronic stress can disrupt our sleep patterns and the balance of hormones that regulate sleep. One of these hormones you probably know about it is melatonin, which helps regulate our sleep-wake cycle. Prolonged exposure to stress hormones, particularly cortisol, can interfere with the production of melatonin, leading to sleep disturbances and insomnia. Now, poor sleep not only contributes to fatigue and irritability, but also impacts cognitive function. During sleep, our brain consolidates memories, processes emotions, and restores itself for optimal functioning. Chronic sleep deprivation due to stress can hinder these processes, um, so that can lead to problems with your concentration, memory, and decision-making abilities. So at the end of the day, you can see that long-term stress affects our physical bodies, but I think the most harmful of all is the effect of um, prolonged activation of the flight or fight response on our emotional well-being. Now, as far as our emotional well-being goes, chronic stress can lead to increased anxiety as well because your the brain's amygdala is responsible for processing emotions and it becomes hyperactive. And this heightened state of alertness can make us more reactive to negative stimuli, leading to constant worry, constantly being overwhelmed, um, having 
angry outbursts because we're just like always wired and having this hyperactive amygdala, right? Not to mention the depression and the sense of helplessness you feel. You may find it difficult to cope with daily challenges or find joy in everyday activities. And this emotional strain can lead to a cycle of negative thoughts and emotions, making feelings of sadness and despair a lot worse than they typically are. Now, it also starts to become hard to manage your emotions under chronic stress. The constant activation of the flight or fight response can disrupt the brain's prefrontal cortex, responsible for decision-making and emotional regulation so this can result in emotional outbursts, difficulty in controlling your emotions. Um, and, you know, this can definitely lead to strained interpersonal relationships that you may have. So um, as you can see, we need to break free from this cycle of chronic stress. And side note, that's why I love using ashwagandha so much. I take ashwagandha um, 600 milligrams. I cycle it four weeks on, four weeks off. It really helps with your response to stress. So um, that was just a side note. But you know, what can we do aside from supplements on a daily basis to promote a state of calm and activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our body's natural relaxation response? I think a non-negotiable for me is regular exercise because exercising releases feel-good endorphins that give you energy, make you feel calm throughout the day, and if you do wake up feeling really in that flight or fight state, it's such a good outlet to exercise, especially first thing in the morning. For me, sometimes I do wake up in that state because I do suffer from anxiety sometimes. Um, so I really like running, running at incline, weight training. These are all great outlets for me. And then by the time the workout is over, it feels like a weight has been lifted off of my body. I feel lighter and I feel more emotionally and mentally regulated. Another is going to sleep you know, practicing good sleep hygiene. I think it was Abraham Hicks who said, if you're feeling anger and resentment, go to sleep. I extend that to anxiety and flight or fight um, because you will wake up with a new outlook. You won't be as impulsive um, and you can make going to sleep really vibey too. You can take a sleep supplement that makes you feel good. You can read a book, journal, rub some CBN lotion on yourself, spray some magnesium on yourself. Have a cute sleep routine that gets you excited to go to bed and helps with relieving stress and with falling asleep because you will wake up feeling much better and chances are the flight or fight response will be a little bit better. Social support is also very important. So make sure that you have, and I'm not saying like go have 10 friends in your life because as we get older, our friend groups, they, you know, they kind of get smaller. But I'm just saying connect with friends that you can really rely on, even if it's one or two. So when you are feeling like absolute crap, you can talk to them. Because having friends around is really helpful. They can reframe a situation you are in so that you see it differently. And I think my last two would have to be setting boundaries. So say no to commitments that overwhelm you. Say no to people who give you anxiety. Learn how to say no and learn how to not feel guilty about it because if you're saying yes to things that give you anxiety but you feel like you have to say yes, 
that's going to make it so much worse. It's going to raise your cortisol. It's going to activate that flight or fight response where nothing is really, you know, coming to threaten you, right? But your body is in this state because of the constant stress and anxiety. So say no, set boundaries and um, people will understand. You know, you can just say, hey, I'm not up for it. I can't, I'm busy. Um, You know, people understand, but I think setting boundaries is really important because it protects your mental health and your own well-being. And my very last one is limiting caffeine and alcohol. I love a good espresso martini, okay? But I'm obviously not gonna have one every other night or even twice a week because excessive consumption of caffeine and alcohol can really exacerbate stress and anxiety. It can increase your heart rate. It can further increase your flight or fight symptoms. Um, It can prevent you from sleeping. Also, people think alcohol helps with sleep. It does make you tired, but it prevents you from going into REM sleep, into a deep sleep. So you actually will not wake up feeling as well rested. Um, If you really want something to make you feel nice and um, sleepy, I would really recommend, what was it? It was the Um, Okay, two things. The Symbiotica Liposomal Sleep is insane. That is the best best sleep supplement. I can't talk. Best sleep supplement I have ever used. And I really like Blossom's Lavender Vanilla Mix. You just mix it with water and it has the best ingredients. Um, It's so nice. And then I also, what else do I like? I like Array's Sleep Supplement. Array has a really good sleep supplement. Um, and it doesn't have any melatonin, but yeah, so just limit caffeine, limit alcohol. Instead, if you really need help sleeping, use a sleep supplement. If you, um, hang out with people who drink a lot, get a recess zero proof mocktail. They make you feel really nice without, um, without being alcoholic. And yeah, but just because, you know, caffeine and alcohol really make, your flight or fight symptoms so much worse and we don't want that. Um, but my favorite ever though that I'm really advocating everyone to do is taking a parasympathetic day. And sometimes people ask me what that is. It's whatever you want it to be, okay? Anything you want to do that calms you down. Don't do anything. Lay on the couch and watch TV if you want. Lay on the couch and read a book. Go on a hike and get sushi after. Go to the gym and then walk your dog. It's basically doing things that calm you down, make you feel rested, and are not stressful. Like a week ago, I had a parasympathetic day. I literally napped for two hours, which is crazy because I never nap, but I also think my body is getting back into its groove after getting off birth control. So I was really tired and feeling wacky, so I slept. I went on walks. I worked on some projects. These were all things that relaxed me. Um, The week before that, I did a three-mile run. I went to the beach, swam in the water, read my book, and I felt heavenly. Oh my God, it felt so good to do that. So whatever it is, do it. Pick a day out of your week to just chill. Even if you can't dedicate a whole day because life is busy, block out four or five hours for your parasympathetic day. And this really helps regulate your cortisol. It ensures you are getting enough rest. It helps you be more in tune with yourself and with your body. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you found 
inspiration to nurture your nervous system. And I hope you learned a good amount about the effects of being in flight or fight mode for too long. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, The Wellness Farm, for more empowering discussions on mental health, self-care, you know, living a life filled with intention. Thank you for joining me today. Until next time, remember to be kind to yourself, prioritize your mental well-being, take those parasympathetic days. If you do take a parasympathetic day, tag me, take a picture and post it on your stories and tag me on Instagram. I will have a new episode every Tuesday as usual. Follow me on Instagram at wellness.farm and my TikTok is at the wellness farm. Talk to you next week.